There was some good news coming out of Chargers mandatory minicamp because cornerback J.C. Jackson says not only is he planning on being ready for the season, he's planning on being ready as soon as Chargers training camp. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen today, and to make sure you never miss the show, go follow or subscribe for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Well, it is Chargers mandatory mini camp going over the last couple of days here. And this is going to be the last time we're going to be able to see some actual Chargers content before they go away for their five-week break. So the reporters caught up with J.C. Jackson, so we get to see some ins- hear some insight on how he's doing and how his recovery process has been. Also, the dynamic duo of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back in action out there with Justin Herbert tearing it up in seven on sevens and finally the chargers hire a new head athletic trainer and just fill out that staff so we're going to get all of that to you guys all from mandatory minicamp yeah a lot is out and we'll have to get to some of the stuff on friday as well and we're excited to see what comes out today at chargers minicamp too but a loaded show today and it starts with jc jackson just because he is such an important part of the equation going into 2023 and it was great to not only see him back on the field last week but to get some comments from him this week, which, David, I mean, I thought it was optimistic, right, or even just way ahead of schedule to see him out there last week. But if you're listening to him, I mean, it's going to be pretty soon that he's going to be back. This is what he had to say when reporters did catch up to him. He said, I'm expecting to come out here and practice every day. That's how I'm taking it mentally. I'm going to be ready for training camp. I'm going to be ready for week one. I'm going to be ready whenever my name is called upon. When the doctors say I'm clear, I'm going to be ready. So, not that he's going to be cleared yet specifically, but we could know that soon as well, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he's uh, scheduled. He said um, part of his comments that he has a, an appointment on the 19th with the surgeon who performed his surgery, Dr. Neil Al Atrach. I'm sorry if I messed that name up. That's a very difficult one. But he's one of the more well-renowned uh, surgeons across all of sports. He does a lot of these type of surgeries, also does the, you know, the elbow reconstructive surgeries for pitchers as well. He just, you know, he's very, very common in that space. So that could be huge. That's a, a basically about eight months after his, uh, you know, after his initial injury. So him getting cleared to be able to get back to 100% full activity before training camp, you know, is something he is very, very excited about and very, very motivated about as well. Because part of his comments, and this is from Lindsay Theory's article here, he said, you know, after signing the big contract and, and how he felt getting injured after that, he said, I haven't done anything. I got hurt and I got paid. I mean, so, the, the, you know, this offseason, there has been no offseason for me. I've been grinding. I've been meeting with the coaches each and every day, learning, breaking down the defense so it can slow down for me. I'm going to be ready this year. I got to still prove to my teammates and myself that I am still Mr. INT. So tons of tons of motivation for him. You got to feel for him. I mean, being out this entire year, signing that big contract, not being able to go out there and showcase what he's capable of doing. Hopefully he's able to come back healthy and be that JC Jackson, the Chargers signed him up to be. 
Absolutely. I mean, that would change a lot for the Chargers defense. I think it's one of the major factors on, you know, whether the Chargers defense can look significantly better than it did last season. I mean, amongst other reasons, you know, Bosa being back, just general attrition, you know, or less than than we saw in 2022, I think helps that, you know, obviously. But shout out to the reporters because the Chargers did not put this out. This was not a press conference. My comments came from Daniel Popper of The Athletic, who you should definitely subscribe to as well because they have some great stuff. Should have already been done. Yeah, and I mean, you know, a lot going on with The Athletic as well. Hopefully all the riders who were laid off recently can get back on their feet too. I mean, you hate to see that in the same field. Yeah, but sucks. Daniel Popper does such a good job. So glad that he's still there because he brings invaluable information. J.C. Jackson, though, as far as what he brings to the Chargers and how important it is to, for him to get back on the field, I mean, I think it's good if he can get back as soon as possible, David, because another big part of this is just how he's going to fit in when he gets back, not just getting back on the field. And that's something we talked about. But like when we saw him last year, he struggled and getting him back for training camp, getting him up to speed as quickly as possible is definitely a one of the side effects of this. Right. One of the good things that comes from him being back earlier than expected. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, the, the sooner that he can marry all of his offseason work having to really stay on the mental side of the game, trying to work with those coaches, trying to nail down the defensive playbook and and get all of that stuff, do everything that he could do in his control while he was unable to you know, be cleared to get out there on the football field. I think that all culminates to being able to come back in training camp and be able to have no restrictions and be able to start fast, to be able to use all of that knowledge and be able to apply it on the field so you can really start burning in that muscle memory for him. And I think it's important, too, because the Chargers and Brandon Staley still have very, very high expectations for what they expect from J.C. Jackson. He said he's doing the job that he's done his whole career in terms of covering the number one receivers. That's what we brought him here to do. Fundamentally, we're asking him to do things that he's done his whole career just with us. So uh, I think that's a very important context to remember is like J.C. Jackson isn't supposed to be a guy you just signed off the street to, to get some snaps. He's supposed to come in and guard the number one wide receivers of the opponents that you are going to be playing. And he's going to be expected to lock them down. Yeah, which is a big ask, but that's a big contract. And like, it's, yeah. I like that he talked about just, you know, what it feels like to get that big contract because obviously Chargers fans are upset. When they yeah. see this dude out here struggling, right? When they see this Chargers big contract that's not paying any dividends because he's missing the whole season. You know who yeah. else feels that? J.C. Jackson, right? But to see him and the effort and how much work he put into the offseason and the rehab to be able to come back and get to this point, I think he deserves a ton of credit for. And I think for him to be back on the field and gaining confidence in that knee again is going to be so important for him because I think that you just getting back, I mean, it takes players a while to not only get back, but to have that full confidence in wherever they injured, right? And be able yeah. to have that same explosiveness, be able to cut on a dime, be able to not have to think about your knee in his case. That's so what think, it is mostly, right? Yeah. It's the mental aspect of it. After coming back from a major injury, you're just like, man, can I cut the same? Can I, can I jump? Can I do all of the explosive things? all the explosive movements that I need to be able to do to be able to play at the highest level. Those are all the things that all the questions that he has to answer before he can go out there and really play fast and not have to think. And I think it's just huge for the Chargers defense, because if you have someone that can go out there and cover the other team's number one receiver, and then the other two guys are Asante Samuel Jr. and Michael Davis, like, oh man, it's a really, really loaded field that you're talking about there. And it's just so hard to, Think about that given the last time we saw J.C. Jackson, what he looked like, right, and how much he struggled. He got benched at the beginning of last year. So it's hard to imagine that. Brandon Steele still thinks he can be that guy. J. 
J.C. Jackson still thinks he can be that guy. But if he can, I mean, it's going to give the Chargers good problems to have. What do you do in the slot? Do you think Asante Samuel Jr. can play well enough against the run and things like that to be in the slot? Is it between him and Jot Taylor at that point, which would be right. crazy? I mean, it gives them a lot more options and definitely a lot more And you can move Derwin around position. a lot more freely too, Daniel. I think you can feel really good about you know being able to really ha- allow him to seek and destroy and really you know put him wherever you think he's going to be the most impactful. I mean, I guess so, but I think to me that would have a lot more to do with who's playing safety, right? Like, and who you can put back at safety if you don't have Derwin there. So I think, yes, I mean, being able to use Derwin differently, if you have faith that those guys are all going to lock up their assignments is definitely something that gives you a lot of freedom, right? But at the same time, that safety depth is going to have to play itself out too. And your faith in whoever the weakest link is in that position is going to tell you what the flexibility can be for Derwin James. I know they have him. Rushing off, you know, rushing off the edge and working with the edge rushers and doing all this stuff, that's great. But do you have confidence that Louis Gilman and JT Woods can hold that back there, right? If you do move him around, and that's something we'll get into more than likely on Friday because there were some comments about JT Woods from Brandon Staley as well. But JC Jackson, it's huge, man. If he can come yeah. back and be the missing piece, I mean, I think the problem, or like the thing about him specifically, is we weren't really expecting very much. Didn't even know right. if he could come back this year, right? Yeah. Let alone return to All Pro level. So just having him back in the equation, having a chance to potentially get a difference maker back for your defense, a defense that was 22nd in points per game allowed last year and has been bad under Brandon Staley, I think it's absolutely huge. But the other huge thing that going into 2023 the Chargers have going for them is potentially the dynamic duo of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back on the field together. And no surprise, they were lighting things up the first time they had Justin Herbert throwing them the football in a team situation. So we're going to talk about those guys and what their health looks like and that how important that is to the upcoming season and also what Sebastian Joseph Day had to say about this offense looking a lot different kind of backing up what we heard from Daniel Popper last week coming up after this but I do need to tell you guys first to make a break to FanDuel right now because new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500 that's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win I know we are all mourning you know the playoffs in the NHL and the NBA being over but the great news is Baseball is still in full swing. Padres are starting to pick things up at the right time. I mean, you know, we're Padres fans. Dodgers, yeah, yeah, I know, whatever. You can bet on all those teams with FanDuel. They have all the best bets. They have the greatest promotions that you're going to find and a lot of fun ways to keep interested. I mean, I'm also looking at the UFC fights as well, somewhere that I go for that too. But there's no better place to bet all of your action than America's number one sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, and you can get a no-sweat first bet up to 2000 Five hundred dollars. It used to be a thousand. They raised it fifteen hundred dollars. Fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. David, one of the biggest things that came out the first day of mandatory minicamp from pretty much all of the reporters, whether it's Eric Smith from the Chargers team writer, right, or Daniel Popper, was that the stars of practice were Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and that was great to see. And I mean, yes, it's seven on seven. Yes, there's no shoulder pads, right? They're just wearing helmets. But I think it's more symbolic of a bigger point, David, which is just, hey, don't forget what these dudes can do out on the field when they're there together at the same time. And we got to see a little bit of that in minicamp, which gets you a little bit more excited about the upcoming season. It it truly does, man. I, I mean, that's the that's these are your big guys. Like these are your big guns, and they're getting paid a lot of money. 
but let's forget let's not forget like they are dynamic and what they are capable of doing both of them are still extremely effective and they do it in different ways and i think that's what's so exciting because they complement each other so well you know keenan allen can get open against anybody the quickness is beautiful the route running the intelligence the you know the on-field production it's just all there for you and then mike He's the human highlight reel, man. I mean, he can go up and make the spectacular one-handed catches, jump out the building. You know, it's 50-50 balls for everybody except for Mike Williams. That's 80-20 balls for him. And it was on full display. I mean, Williams and Keenan Allen went back-to-back on uh, seven-on-seven drills, um, and they were the stars of practice, man. Um, They had Allen caught three targets, three of his four targets from Justin Herbert, including two explosive receptions. This is from Daniel Popper of The Athletic, too, just by the way. And then Williams caught three of of all all three of his targets, including an explosive re- reception, which that one was uh, in one of the videos that the Chargers released from their social media account, where it was just an absolutely beautiful, deep back shoulder pass. Mike Williams just, you know, you know how you know, just eloquent he is in, in midair. He's able to bring it, turn, twist and keep running, which would would have seemed like to be a touchdown. So just absolutely amazing to, to see both of those guys back on the field and both of them back healthy. I know there were some some rumors out there about Mike Williams and his status, but seems like now we can easily all put that to rest and, and be happy that both those guys are out there and firing on all cylinders early. Yeah, I mean, the last time we saw Mike Williams, he was fracturing his back, right? I mean, that's yeah. not a, a, an insignificant injury. I mean, they no. were still thinking about playing him in the next game. So, I mean, I didn't think he would be out for an extended period during this offseason part of the program but yeah i do think that having him back is gigantic i mean both of them back for sure i mean if you look at what herbert did in 2021 just from the numbers right over 5,000 yards 38 passing touchdowns like they were a different offense he was a much more productive quarterback when he had both of those guys and then last year you only have those guys together for eight games right i think that's a big reason why you draft quentin johnston to try to offset a little bit of that if you do miss one of those guys But I do think that just having both of those guys on the field at the same time, it was a different offense last year. I mean, two of their four losses I think they had when they both played was to Kansas City, right? I mean, and then Denver where Mike got hurt. Seattle was the other one too, which Keenan was a shell of himself in that game. So it's hard to really count that either. It was a noticeable difference. And this is from me and I'm just going to how important Mike Williams was last year and how important he will be this year. Justin Herbert's QBR without Mike Williams versus with Mike Williams on the field last year. So with him, he had a 79.2 QBR without him, 57.1 versus man coverage. Inside the pocket, it was 61.8 to 46.5. And on third down, 74.3 QBR with Mike Williams versus 24.6 without him. So obviously it was a different offense and Mike Williams, you know, got a lot of those big time plays in big yeah. moments. But Justin Herbert is just much better when he has these guys on the field. And now you throw Quentin Johnson to the mix, right, David? Because not only do you have the prospects this year of having that same offense, right, looking at the high level it was when you had both those guys healthy last year, but now you add another guy into the mix, which is kind of why we're so excited about the Chargers, you know, adding another weapon into that trio. Yeah, because, I mean, hey, you, you like I said earlier, you know what Keenan Allen is able to do, but you also know what those guys can't really do as well, and that is really get those yards after the catch, in those kind of short yardage or just, you know, long yardage situations. And, you know, with the way defenses were playing the Chargers last year, um, playing those, those two, you know, two safety, two deep safety shells, trying yeah. to limit the, those explosive, you know, long passes down the football field, you have, you had to find athletes 
that can get those underneath passes and turn those into explosive plays. That was sorely lacking, and that is the exact reason why they go out there and get Quentin Johnston, a guy who can really kind of do a little bit of, of everything, a guy yeah. that has that speed and that ability to really, you know, and that toughness to be able to make things happen after the catch, the speed to be able to run away from people, and the, you know, the, the catch radius and, and the, you know, explosiveness to turn into a jump ball type of receiver. So, I mean, I think you got to love the room that he is in, the, the ability for him to be able to learn from two guys that do things uh, out of, you know, do things differently, but do things extremely effectively in the NFL. You can take those parts of their game and add it to his game. But yeah, you look at this room now, it is definitely way more dangerous with Quentin Johnston in the, in the mix. Well, yeah, and they're all six foot two or taller, right? <laughs> yeah. That's definitely... Yeah, you know the, the archetype, have right? The Chargers yeah, sure. have a type, yep. I mean, I think the Chargers have guys that like are all big guys that do things extremely well for yeah. big guys, right? Like yeah. Mike Williams' body control for his size is insane, right? Yeah, the ability really to do what he does and be able to keep his feet in balance, be able to continue those catches is nuts. The way Keenan Allen runs routes for a dude who's six foot three is insane, and that should never be forgotten. That <laughs> he's he runs so quick, like it's he's just five eleven. Yeah, and then with Quentin Johnson, I mean, to see somebody with the kind of explosiveness he has and the quickness at his size is definitely an outlier that isn't seen very much. But the other exciting thing is like, that's what they were doing in Joe Lombardi's offense. Maybe, yeah. you know, there's some parts of that that cater well to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams game, but three out of the seven targets we talked about, David, right there were explosive plays. So yeah. I think that is an, an indication of what we're going to see under Kellen Moore. Quentin Johnson was not out as another note from mandatory minicamp. So he has dealing with something, that is minor, according to Brandon Steely. Any guy who wasn't in the team drills just had something minor and will be yeah. back during training camp. But I am excited for this Kellen Moore offense, and it seems like Sebastian Joseph Day maybe unintentionally threw some shade at Joe Lombardi because he's seeing some big differences out there at Chargers practice already. Literally night and day differences. He said, yeah, it's night and day right now. I think tempo, speed, just the complexity of it. It's really cool to see. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited for the guys that we have on that side, adding a few guys in the draft. We're going to be really, really hard to defend for sure. I am really excited. That is awesome. I mean, especially because, hey, what we've heard, you know? yeah, it just it solidifies everything that we've heard from, hey, this is not the Joe Lombardi offense anymore. They are going to be attacking down the fo football field. They're going to get creative with it. And that's just everything that you want to hear. I mean, when you have a quarterback that can really make any throw on the football field, you want those gifts to be utilized to the max. And it just hasn't happened up to this point. So to be able to see these things and kind of get these affirmations on what other people are seeing from many yeah. different places, it makes you feel really good and just really excited to man finally just see this offense when it really counts and really, when yeah. it really matters. Like, it's just, man, I want it now. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, it, it's so exciting. Like, I'm excited to watch Easton Stick run it through, you know, <laughs> the preseason because I doubt yes. we see Justin Herbert if we're going based on what happened in the past. Yeah, but, probably not. Man, it, it's just it's super exciting. It's super exciting to hear that from him. He said it's refreshing. It's some stuff we've seen our opponents do to us and what they've done to us. It's really cool to see. I'm really excited for Justin Herbert and those guys to have Kellen Moore over there. So he, it, to me, reading between the lines, right? Sebastian Joseph Day was only there for one year of Joe Lombardi, yeah. one off season with him. But it does feel like he's saying, hey, this is a little bit different. This is a little bit more complex, right? And even though they're yeah. saying offensively it's really simple, right? He's saying, hey, we're getting different looks, and they're now doing things that other teams did to expose our weaknesses. They're doing against us in practice, which I think, 
is one of those things that helps everybody, right? Exactly. Being able to have these happen right now. Also, that was interesting. Popper saying that, you know, it looks like right now Justin Herbert is just kind of testing things in this new offense, testing his arm strength, seeing what he can get away with. And I think, you know, when you have two guys out there that you have perfect chemistry with, that's a lot easier to do because you know exactly where they're going to be. You know what the windows are going to be. Now see how, you know, much of a tight laser you can throw in there. But another important part of this 2023 season, David, health. The Chargers not missing mass amounts of games from their star players. And finally, after months, we know who the Chargers' new head athletic trainer is. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. The Chargers made a couple of really big promotions, right, to their athletic training department. And this is something that had to happen, David, because unfortunately, way too many times, the Chargers' seasons seem to be under the same theme, under the same umbrella, which is the Chargers could be good, but they got hit with the injury bug. Maybe that will start to change with some changes the Chargers made inside the organization. But that's just today. The everydayers know we will be back with you guys later this week on Friday to get into whatever happens today at Mandatory Minicamp. Also, what Brandon Staley had to say about JT Woods, who is going to have to come into a big role. And how much this team is kind of rallying around the starting safety of Lohi Gilman in training camp. And he's out there making some plays at OTAs and in minicamp, I should say. So yeah. I first, though, need to talk about this, David, because Daniel Popper in his article did give out a little nugget about the Chargers finally finding their head athletic director finally. or their head athletic trainer. But they actually made another move even bigger than that, because this is what he said. The Chargers have promoted Marco Zaccone to director of player health and performance. Zaccone previously served as the associate athletic trainer for the team and was named the AFC's assistant athletic trainer of the year for 2022 by the pro football athletic trainer society zaccone will oversee everything from athletic training to sports science to dietary nutrition so we'll get to the head athletic trainer david but this is what i like about this move first someone to oversee everything the chargers got absolutely roasted when the anonymous nflpa organizational reports came out their training yeah. staff got destroyed they were mm. given a c minus by the team all anonymous right when nobody can actually know who said what they were given a c minus which was 30th in the nfl so something had to change here i like this because this means first of all they created this position so they didn't have anyone overseeing the entire yeah. process before right now yeah. you get someone who you know is really a part of a lot of the organizations that most of the head athletic trainers and most of the big dogs are at right he's helping come up with the rules and different things that are happening as far as that goes, but someone that is actually there to make sure everything is in line and make sure everything is balanced. Yeah, and, and a guy who's been with the organization for a very, very long time. So he, he has familiarity with the players. Like he has familiarity with the coaching staff. He has familiarity with the organization. But yeah, I think just adding another layer of checks and balances is never, ever a bad thing. Yeah. Never. So I, I like this move, uh, and of course I, I would expect more moves to come, but I mean, this was a long time coming, and, and I, I think they took their time because they knew this was a very important thing to try to get right. Because yeah. I think they know part of their success or lack thereof is gonna be dependent on you know, how they handle the injuries. It's not about who gets injured because people get injured every single year in football. This is a very, very dangerous, very violent sport that that they, that they play and that we cover. So you just got to know it's going to happen. But how they handle those injuries, how they're able to manage those injuries and get these players back on the field as quickly as possible, that is the difference that they're hoping to make. 
Yeah, I mean, Zaccone's been around so long, he's been around since before Tom Telesco, right? I mean, he's <laughs> the guy that's been with the team in some capacity since 2012. Actually, he was an intern with the Chargers in 2007, Jags intern in 2010, and then got a promotion to the associate athletic trainer in 2017 when the Chargers moved up to L.A. It's a double-edged sword. I like that he's obviously familiar with a lot of these guys, but the problem is, is like going internally with this hire is a little bit hard to get totally excited about because this dude in some capacity was part of what we've all, you know, been so upset about over the last forever, right? 10 years, 15 years. That part is, is we have to wait and see, right? I mean, I think just having that position, having someone looking over everything is great. Hiring that internally and not saying, okay, hey, we have a big problem here. We need some outside eyes on this situation to get things up to par to get things where all these other places are that's what i probably personally would have preferred but they did bring in some outside you know eyes with the actual head athletic trainer because this marco zaccone was basically an assistant last year and now is kind of overseeing everything and underneath him according to daniel popper is sal lopez who is the titans assistant uh, athletic trainer over the last few seasons so david we now know who the head athletic trainer is and i'm glad at least that is coming, you know, from another organization that has been pretty stable for the most part of the last few years with the Titans who have stayed at the top of the AFC uh, more often than not. Yeah. But we do have a new guy, kind of some new blood in the mix as well, which I think they desperately needed. Yeah, no, I, I, and I think part of this was like resisting the urge to just wipe away everybody in that entire department and, and replace them all completely. Because, I mean, I think after the way last season ended, that's probably one of the impulses that that you had or that you wanted to see. It's just like, you know, so many key members got injured. You know, whether it was Keenan Allen or Mike Williams or Jalen Guyton or Donald Parham Jr. Well, sure, <laughs> I mean, Rashawn I mean, Slater. But I mean, the, the thing the, is, the though, is they didn't fire that guy right away. Like yeah, that's another important part of this process, right? Like the firing of Damon Mitchell, who is who their athletic trainer was before for a long time, twenty four years, yeah, basically after the Chargers knew they were about to get roasted. By the NFLPA that for is how true. bad the conditions were and how bad the staff was with the Chargers, right? So it's like yeah. they did this out of necessity. This was a reaction yeah. move, right? This wasn't, hey, all these guys got hurt and now right. we need to make a change, right? This is, oh, everyone knows now how bad it is. Now we make a change. And I think that's yeah. a very key distinction there. Well, no, I, I agree with that. I think that's a very, very good point. It's like, would they have made this move if this report was not going to come out? Yeah, I mean, the world may never know, but yeah. it did happen. The move has already been made. Thank, thankfully, this is done because this was another thing that was kind of up in the air before training camp. I think you wanted to get this hammered down. You wanted to get these guys in the building as quickly as possible so they can familiar familiarize themselves with the players and all of their equipment and the people they're going to be working with as soon as possible so they can hit the ground running and do their job, hopefully at a higher level than they did it last year. One, we talked about this before the show. Hiring this guy doesn't change everything, right? No. It doesn't make you less injured. and It doesn't even necessarily make you guys less likely to get injured, even though I th- like to think it would, yeah. at least in some capacity. I mean, it would be hard to prove that, right? But right, right. At the same time, I think you needed new blood. I think you needed new eyes on the situation. If they would have just totally cleaned house, that would have been fine with me because obviously – it wasn't up to snuff. The players said so themselves. And yeah. the only other thing with Sal Lopez is he's kind of behind the eight ball a little bit just because the charge, he's still going into one of the worst 
actual training rooms in the NFL, at least until the Chargers. Until next year, right? And the new facilities are ready. But yeah, right now, yeah, you're right. F minus. Yeah. Because we're we're talking about this season. Yeah, the numbers are there. The new facility in El Segundo does not help you in 2023. No, it does not. Yeah. So he's still, they're still going to be working in less than stellar, you know, conditions. I think what you have to hope is that this guy can get players back on the field earlier. We saw Donald Parham really struggle to come back from a hamstring injury. And then even when he came back, he re-injured it and had to leave again. Keenan Allen, same thing. Tried to push him back. When he got out there, couple, he was a couple a of different setbacks, right? And yeah. then he had to, you know, he was out a few more weeks after that, right? So, yep. like, having that and I think also hopefully having a better kind of decision-making process of uh, who is going to go on IR, right? Oh, Something please. as yeah. simple as that because it's like you saw guys missing more than four games. You saw guys missing longer time than expected. Right. We heard week to week way too many times when it wasn't week to week. No, and it's just so hopefully you have, you get a better idea about that and, and those things yeah, clearer kind of start to change because – yeah, I mean, overall, this is not, you know, Zaccone's fault, right? This isn't something that Sal Lopez can come in and fix all of. But it's hard to imagine that there can't be some regression to the mean that the Chargers can't improve in this area, right? And that's yeah. what you just have to hope. Because last year, Bosa, like you talked about, 12 games. J.C. Yeah. Jackson, 12 games. Austin yep. Johnson, 9 games. Rashawn Slater, 14 games. Keenan Allen, 7 games. Mike Williams, 4 games. Donald Barham, 11 games. Like, yeah. And a lot of those guys missed, you know, portions of other games as well. And, I mean, really missed even more time than that. You know, Corey Lindsley being one of those guys. Three yeah. games is what shows up. Really yep. felt like it was more than that. Yeah, because like of six the, or seven. the half games yeah. that he ended up missing, right? So, yeah. change had to happen. It took too long. Yeah. It may not have happened for the right reasons, right? But it happened. But it, it, but it had to happen, and it did. Yeah. So, yeah. I think having hope. Not only just because you have a new guy, but like having hope that the Chargers can be healthier in 2022, I don't think is unreasonable at all. Yeah. Just or 2023, because this, it just, it can't be as bad. It can't be too as good of players. Like that was a, an outlier last season. And in 2021, Brandon Staley's first year there better than being healthy is such a big part of, part of this season going yeah. the way that we wanted to, going the way that it has to go for the Chargers to reach their potential. No, that, I mean, that's what it is, Daniel. I mean, these guys have to stay healthy. They have to be available. They have to be able to go out there and do what the Chargers have paid them large sums of money to be able to do. You want Joey Bosa on the field for 15, 16 games. You want Corey Lindsley to be there and, and be the commander of your offensive line. You need these guys to be able to, because, hey, this is it. This is the last chance you're going to have with this core. You got to make the most of it. You got to have those guys on the field to be able to do that. And I think you just want to have faith that when guys get hurt, they're in good hands, right? Yes. Like this is, I think, at least in a step, a step in the right direction for sure. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. The good news is we'll be back with you guys on Friday because today there are more mandatory mini camps and the media will be out there. So we'll be excited to see what comes out today as well as talking about what we heard this week already about Alohi Gilman, about JT Woods and why it's so important for him to get the pads on before we can see how much he's improved. But to make sure you guys don't miss it, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked on Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show wherever you get your podcasts from. You can listen to them literally anywhere for free and make sure you guys are following us on all of our social media because that's where we post the show every day so you can't miss it if you're following us. You can find us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. You can also find the show's page at LockedOnChargers on Instagram and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. We'll be back with you guys on Friday with more of a loaded week. The last time we get to see these guys on the field, we're super excited to get into the rest of mandatory minicamp with you guys. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.